Down the sideline, touchdown, and he looks the other way, and it's intercepted. Welcome to the Arrowhead Pride postgame show. Inside the five, Watkins to the end zone. Brought to you by 7th Street Casino and GEHA Insurance. And it's Williams with another touchdown. Here are your hosts, Pete Sweeney and Jay Binkley. The game ended about two hours ago, three hours ago. That's all right. Uh, welcome into the Arrowhead Pride postgame show where the, ready, Pete. the Kansas City Chiefs, unreal that I'm saying this, survive yes. in Detroit. Hold on to that undefeated record, 34-30 to win. Uh, Chiefs starting 4-0 for the third season in a row. And, and man, I looked at this game. You you were a fan of the Arrowhead Pride tailgate. You 4-0, heard me. Pete. You heard me. I, I said Detroit. Nothing to them. The Chiefs are going to roll over them. It's going to be a blowout. Not going to blink. Kansas City in this game could not have played any sloppier. Seemed in the middle of the game like it was the perfect storm. And guess what? The Chiefs have a great captain of their ship. And his name is Patrick Mahomes. And he found a way to pull out this victory when I would say the Chiefs didn't really deserve it. That's what happens sometimes. When you're a really good team, you can play bad and still win, and that's what the Chiefs did on Sunday. I think that's the key. When you play bad, if you can still come it out, because the Lions were right there. This game statistically was about as even as you can get. Both teams, 29 first down. The Chiefs, 438 total yards. The Lions, 447. The Lions did dominate in the time of possession, though. Almost 34 minutes, the Chiefs 26 minutes. Patrick Mahomes didn't have his best game by far. I I thought he was out of sync a lot in the game. But at the end of the game, you look at it and you think, this guy had 371 yards of total offense, 315 passing, and 56 running the football, including a a crucial fourth down run. Uh, But it's a road win against the Lions, and we'll find out if the Lions are for real or not at the end of the year. They had some good things going, Jim Caldwell. That was fired before last year. Matt Patricia was six and ten last year. This team finished second in the North, nine and seven and nine and seven the last two years at Caldwell, and they were starting to trend in the right direction. Patricia comes in there, they take a little uh, sidestep uh, going into this year, but they're playing tough. And maybe, just maybe, there are Belichick disciples that venture off into the NFL. And look good. Maybe Bill O'Brien can do something with the Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson. I'm not sure. Maybe Matt looks Pat- like no today. No today. No today. Didn't look good for him. Maybe Matt Patricia. He's got to have at least one guy that's left that can coach. This is one of his defensive masterminds. Even though the real defensive mastermind we all know is Bill Belichick, but they were certainly organized. They did a lot of the stuff against the Chiefs. The Patriots used to do. And the one impressive thing to me that makes the Lions a scary team, I think, going through the future, and the Chiefs learned some lessons today, the Lions are coming to take the ball away from you. That tomahawk chop they were doing on the football, punching the football out, that was deliberate, and that turned the ball over. But it was sloppy. We saw five turnovers between both teams there in the third quarter. But they played a lot like the New England Patriots sometimes would play. With Bill Belichick. Three fumbles for for the Chiefs that they lost in the third quarter alone. And and no doubt about it, this was just a day to me where the Lions had every reason to roll over and lose. 
mean, you, we talked about Darius Slay in the pregame being out. You know, they were injured. Matt Stafford, you didn't know how he was going to play with his hip. He played out of his mind. And, and the Lions really played a game, played really hard, played right with the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't want to put down the Lions, but they impressed me today. And, and what this game can do. Are you biting that was an actual injury? It didn't look like it. I'm sorry? You buy any injury from Matt Stafford? It certainly didn't look like any kind of hip injury. It looked like he was fine. I don't know if, if you're questionable. I don't know if he got, like, yeah. got and shot all of a up. Friday he shows up. Felt felt good. I mean, the reports were out there that he, you know, this was the closest he was to to not playing. He had played 131 games in a row. Now it's 132. Uh, but what this game can do for the Lions is, yeah, you didn't win. You're playing against the MVP. We'll, we'll get into that about the the final drive. But what it can do for the Lions is like you can you can roll. Now, with one of the better teams in the NFL, the NFC to me is wide open. I, th- I think the two teams everybody looks at are in the AFC and the Chiefs and the Patriots. And now you build on that. And now you build on NFC to Detroit Lions. Uh, but the Chiefs escape by the skin of their teeth. Listen to this. That in the Kansas City Chiefs uh, locker room after the game from, uh, I believe, the Chiefs Twitter account that uh, Andy Reid saying that not all of Mozart's paintings uh, were, were perfect, uh, but they end up going for millions of dollars. Anyway, um, Mozart was not a painter. You sure he never painted? He wasn't a Renaissance man? That we, we can't confirm that. We can't confirm um, that. Because I don't know, maybe he did, did some paintings. But, 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 let's, but let's face it, there's a lot of injuries. And I know I see a lot of Lions fans, you know, complain. Well, Darius Slay was out. Um, Condre Diggs no, but the point left is- the game. The safety that knocked Mahomes out of the game in college left. Danny Amendola not playing. Chiefs didn't have Tyreek Hill. Chiefs didn't have Eric Fisher. Chiefs didn't have Damian Williams. Although I really, to be honest with you, don't think we could keep throwing that out there. We're missing Fisher and Hill. We're missing like the, the point is like though- I'm, I'm over the fact we're we're missing Damian Williams. That does not matter. At all. No, I agree. The point, I think, though, that Andy Reid's making in the locker room is, I think, and, and there's no doubt going to be a lot of talk, both on this radio station and the media across the city, there's going to be, I think, a little bit of worry about how poorly the Chiefs played. But what Andy Reid is saying is, this is the NFL. Any team can win on any given Sunday, and we'll take the W as we got it. I mean, that was a hard-fought W. You, you fought through some bad play. You fought through some carelessness with the football. I think that Patrick Mahomes, even with his 300-plus yards, had one of the worst games we've seen from him as far as being um, off-key with some of his wide receivers. He was missing guys. He was missing plays that were used to him just making every time. The timing was off, and, and we certainly saw without Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill and Patrick Mahomes have their timing down, and there was times today with McCole Hardman, he was not in sync with Pat Mahomes. But Hardman, Hardman makes made some silly mistakes too. The illegal motion where he turned forward. This is in the Canadian football. League. Well, he looked he like had, a rookie this this week. He looked this like a week he looked like a rookie. And we're wondering who's going to step up this week. And in the first half, it was Dion Yelder. Here's a guy that's played two NFL snaps before the day. Comes out and makes a couple of catches. You're sitting here going, hmm, what are the Chiefs going to do with him? Travis Kelsey leads the Chiefs in receiving yards, which is good for him. He's six in the NFL, but it not looked the Chiefs. In one in one game, but once again, another receiver for Patrick Mahomes making that step up and being the guy, which of course Travis Kelsey is that guy running the football. They were more effective today. 123 yards rushing um, in this game. You know, you had they had 140 yards rushing the week before. 
the Kansas City Chiefs did. So you want to see those running numbers. That, that was a big concern right away, but they ran for 113 against Baltimore. Then, they, or excuse me, against Jacksonville. 140 yards rushing for the Chiefs last week. They put a good day today up rushing the football, but that's on the offensive side, running the football. The Raiders game was the game that you'd like to take back because the Chiefs in that game only ran for 31 yards. And really, that, that's their worst game. They've been over 100 yards rushing as a team. The, con- the concern for me, for I mean, this this committee thing is working. I mean, they don't have a bell cow like you see some of these teams do where you hand the ball off to the same guy and he can get all your yards for the day. But this committee is working. What worries me is on the other side. This Chiefs defense cannot stop the run. They can't. They just can't. I, whatever they're doing is not working. Carry on Johnson, 26 carries for 125 yards. We want you to get involved today in the Arrowhead Pride post game show presented by 7th Street Casino, where it's at. Uh, you can by calling 913 576 7610 or reach out on the Protein House Eat with a Purpose text line 69306. Yeah, the rushing defense, like you said, Pete, it's been bad. I mean, there's no other way to put Horrific. it. Horrific. And, and this is what. And this is the type of game you're going to lose because of that. Well, this is, this is the type of game. And keep in mind. It looks like a win. When you look back at this, but this game could have gone in many different directions. If Kerryon Johnson would have been an inch closer to hitting the ground, instead he fumbles it. Kendall Fuller, which should have been ta- tackled by Galladay because he had his arms on him right there, runs for a touchdown. Detroit was already going off the field, not really. That's it. That, that's how close football is. As Dick Vermeil used to say, football's a game of one or two plays. That clearly was. But look at this. Jacksonville ran for 5.6 yards for oh six yards per carry against the Chiefs. Oakland ran for 6.78 yards per carry against the Chiefs. Baltimore, 6.34 yards per carry. Today, the Detroit Lions, 5.3 yards per carry. That's not good. That is not good. That's the recipe for other teams. And this is why Detroit stayed in the game. The Chiefs didn't put up the big points to where they switched to the passing game, right? The third straight week, the Chiefs spotted the other opponent points. Spotted the Raiders 10 points, 10 in lead. Gave Baltimore a 6-0 lead. Detroit with the lead today, a 10-point lead, where the Chiefs had to come back in this game. But the other games they were able to put away offensively where the other team had to shift gears and not run the football. But on Johnson, 26 carries, 125 yards. Pete, I was laughing at you before the game, and I said this could go one of two ways. I told you before the game this is a catch-22. I said on Johnson... If he has a good game, that makes your defense look bad. Because he's been terrible this year. 49 yards, 41, and 36 yards. A whopping 2.6 yards per carry, which is third worst in the National Football League. Well, what's troubling is you He goes off today. But I told you, if he has a big game, we have concerns. If he doesn't, it's like, okay, he stopped carrying on Johnson. What's troubling is you knew they were going to do it, and they still did it. Like, you knew exactly the game that they wanted to play. They were going to have a heavy running game with carry on Johnson, try to keep up with the scoring and, and, and run out the clock. And, and they still managed 26 attempts for 125 yards. Highly concerning. Also, the turnovers. Uh, again, three kind of straight turnovers uh, in the third quarter. McCole Hardman, uh, Daryl Williams, and then um, Sammy Watkins ends up fumbling the ball. You can't do it. You can't allow uh, that run, the run game, and, and you can't turn the football over. Uh, these, we- these are first downs and two carries for each of these teams they played. That's it. That's all they need to do. Right. They're gashing over four, five yards. Carry. Chiefs are giving up an NFL war 6.2 yards per carry. It's by far and away the worst in the league. Right. And, and and on days where Patrick Mahomes is rolling, 
you know, it, it isn't going to matter as much because the Chiefs will be up before you do it. This was a game where they have to switch. But if teams Mahomes, can run Mahomes the football looked, like they did, Mahomes looked middle of the road today, and that's not going to happen every game. I know that, but on games like that, you're going to need the defense to play better and stop the run. Well, the Chiefs fell into the game plan on how you beat them. But I will say this: we might be disappointed how the Chiefs won, but they did win on the road. This is the key thing. They won three of these games right. on the road, and this should be as a, a warning well, sign. But here's the like, thing: get it. I mean, you can be beat. And, and Dallas doesn't play till tomorrow night. San Francisco's got a bye week. New England won 16-10 at Buffalo. Buffalo's a good team this year. They're undefeated. But they went to Matt Barkley as their quarterback. Josh Allen's hurt. Right. They win 16-10. Last I checked, the undefeated Rams were getting pasted at home by the Tampa Bay Bucks. 40, that score's 45-40. So they are making... That score was out, way out of hand there for a while. <laughs> and the Bucs are definitely – but still, though, they gave it up 40, 40 points, 45 points. Like, even these undefeated Just, teams yeah, don't but, look great today. And last if you're going to be the best team, you're going to be the best team. It doesn't matter that the undefeated are, are struggling too. I mean, this was a game that you probably should have lost in Detroit. Well, last year, the New England Patriots, the world champions, started off the season one and two, and that's including getting beat by Miami, getting pasted by the Titans. They got rolled by the Lions. Things happen in the NFL. It is very difficult to win each and every week. Sure. And especially playing three of the four on the road and you're undefeated on the road. I, I think you're making it wasn't a, pretty, but I think it's you're making difficult a point, to get wins. A good point, too. You just don't know who's good yet. And so the Detroit Lions, I mean, we don't know how their season's gonna go. They may finish with ten or twelve wins. We don't know. Uh, we're going out to the phone lines. If you want to get involved, uh, you should. Nine one three five seven six seven six ten. Dan and KCK double dipping the day. Start us off. I, I think I, that was a great comeback win by the Chiefs. Wow, what, what, what a game. Uh, great do a game-winning touch by Damian Williams in the final 20 seconds. I'll tell you something. On Galloway's uh, touchdown, he looked like he didn't never had full possession when he hit the ground. He always got had full possession. And how about Breland, huh? He didn't stop. He didn't hear a whistle, and he just kept on going 100 yards. And for whatever reason, the Lions just stopped playing. But anyway, great comeback by the Chiefs. They, you're right. Stags do work on that run defense, and we'll be ready to beat the Colts. Take care of yourself, guys. Heads-up play by Bashad Breeland, 100 yards for the touchdown. I thought Breeland struggled pretty bad in the first quarter, made a nice uh, batting down on the ball in the second. But that was a heads-up play by Breeland. See, this is this is what it takes to be a good team when players make smart plays, where they make smart football plays. Just like the Lions, batting the ball out of people's hands. That was smart football by the Detroit Lions. That flips the possession. That gets you the ball back. And Kendall er, and Bashad Breeland going the distance – for that touchdown, it couldn't have happened at a better time for this team. The Lions were getting ready to score a touchdown. They had two turnovers inside the five-yard line. Think about that. They turned the ball with Stafford fumbling it. Nadi kind of grabbed him. He fumbles it. Bashad Breeland, this third quarter had a bizarre start to it. No no doubt about it. Five turnovers between both teams. Sloppy, sloppy, football. sloppy, sloppy. But the Lions, when they watch this game film, they will kick themselves. No they doubt. Were, they were in pure position to beat the Kansas City Chiefs today. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. The Chiefs could have taken that first L today. Notice I said the word could have taken the first L today. But I'll say this, too. I felt Spags was able to make some adjustments. The pass rush was not getting there in the first quarter. It just wasn't. Stanford had all the time to throw. Chiefs ended up with four sacks, including a really creative one with the Honey Badger, who continues to prove that he can blitz the quarterback. I love that. From the defensive back position. He's sixth in the NFL since he got in the NFL for pressures on the quarterback from a defensive back. But that's the stuff. He made a play. We're waiting for Honey Badger to make a play. Unfortunately, Frank Clark didn't make a play. The Chiefs got four sacks. Now, that first week against Jacksonville won. 
then against Oakland, three, against Baltimore, three, against the Lions, four. You know, that that's, that's 10 sacks for the Kansas City Chiefs defense in the last three weeks. They can get the job done. And this is with Frank Clark being on the back of a milk carton. Well, he's getting a lot of attention. And you see guys like Chris Jones, Alex Okafor. You mentioned Matthew, Derek Nottie with the sack. Uh, although, you know, it, it was kind of Matt Stafford dropping the football a little bit on, on that particular You get the sack and force fumble. Alex, don't knock it. Alex Okafor had the two quarterback hits. Uh, Frank Clark only the uh, two tackles um, with the one quarterback hit. Okafor and Damian Wilson ended up leaving the game early. Where will remains to be seen. Um, their injury status. He was doubled forward. sometimes, not all the time. No, it's not. Especially on a couple tackles he got, he was he was single. He's not having out. he's not having the year or this game, the game even. He's not having the effort that Brett Veach paid for and he could have traded for. Chris Jones wrecked the interior there for a while. Chris Jones has silently had it's a really be, good it's year. Beginning he was to, wrecking. He, he should have had two sacks. One got pulled back, but Chris Jones was a pain in the ass for that Detroit Lions offense today. That, this situation is starting to rear its ugly head a little bit. And, and again, we're one fourth through the season. We still got. Three fourths left to go. One fourth. You just said it there. We're twenty five percent through. I know, and we're four and zero. Get excited. Um, but we expect better. But it's starting we to rear. Expect better. Starting to rear its ugly head a little bit because there's a scenario out there where you could have kept D Ford and, and figured out a way to pay Chris Jones. Now you have Chris Jones lingering. You wonder what the Chiefs do in the offseason. I'm not ready to go there again. Yet. If, I'm not ready. If to you go win there the Super Bowl, I'm not ready to go there yet. It doesn't matter. Um, right now, it does not look great. Uh, let's go back out to the phone lines. Reggie and Anaheim. What's going on, man? Man, um, boy, I got two quick, uh, two quick comments, man. Sure. The, the, the damn turnovers, man. Yep. Uh, the only, the only good turnover is an apple turnover. And I didn't see no bakers out there, man. Like <laughs> that is ridiculous, bro. Like, like the first, the first ball punch, you say, okay, you know, they caught a slipping, but damn, man, receiver coach got to get on these guys' butts, man. Like y'all got to hold on to this daggone ball. I mean, like, Hey Reggie, real quick though, those those were big league punch outs, man. I, I Lashawn McCoy holds, and he didn't fumble, but he holds the ball way too loosely. Those were some big time plays for the Lions, man. I'm talking them. McCoy, McCoy didn't fumble though. No, he didn't. But what I'm saying, he holds the ball way out there where he could fumble. But the Detroit Lions, and some team will take advantage of that. But the Detroit Lions were flat on punching that ball, Reggie. I'm talking full force, just jacking it. That was impressive. Yeah, I don't care if it's Mike Tyson's punch out. Uh, you know that the punch is coming, so you just got to get both hands. But get, get Reggie, you hold a foot. Next time I ball. see you, you hold a football, and I'll punch it right out of your hands. You pay me five hundred thousand dollars a year, I will hold that ball <laughs> and punch it back when I get done. Like, I don't care, man. Like you know that's coming. My second, my second quick point is that third corner was about as enjoyable. As a uh, as a prostate exam from Edward Scissorhands, I mean it could not have ended no, soon enough. Um, I'm just glad it's over. Like 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 I'm glad we won. I, I rather I rather get an ugly win than an honorable loss. But uh, but that wasn't fun. That was like the the worst game in Patrick Mahomes' tenure, and we still put up 30 points and we still found a way to win. But God, it couldn't have been uglier. All right, man. I'll talk to y'all later. Thanks to uh, Reggie there. A couple, couple good one-liners. I mean, the only bad, the only good turnover is an Apple turnover, and he didn't see any bakers out there. I like the prostate exam by Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> you know, he, he that's why it's so good that Reggie Reggie's a regular part uh, of our program. Let's keep it moving. Uh, let's go to Jason in Wichita. What's up, Jason? Hey guys. So that win was just too 
Sweet. <laughs> Arrowhead Pride for life, by the way. Um, anyways, what I was going to talk about was the difference between Chris Jones and Frank Clark at the end of the season. What do you do if there's still this much of a discrepancy? I mean, it's getting to the point where it's very noticeable. Yep. And you can't just ignore that at the end of the day. I mean, you got to make a business decision in regards to the money, right? I mean, like, what do you do? Luckily, this is a situation where the Chiefs don't have to worry about that, especially if they can figure out a way to win the Super Bowl. Then I think it eases things, but it is a real problem. I mean, we just kind of touched upon it. Uh, Chris Jones just looks a lot better than Frank Clark. They don't play play exactly the same position, and you can make a case, okay, that Frank Clark's drawing attention. But at some point here, you paid for this old-school Justin Houston, old-school J.J. Watt game wrecker, and it doesn't matter if you're getting double-teamed, triple-teamed, whatever. you got to find a way to impact the game. And there have been a handful of moments, but just not enough for the amount of trade and draft capital they sent and the amount of money that they paid. It's that it's that weird paradigm that hits pro athletes. One just got paid, and one's looking to get paid. Right? Who honestly do you expect to have the better season? The player that wants to be paid, or the player that's already been paid? We've seen this a million times, Pete. Right? It's the one that's hungry that wants to cash. And there's no guarantee if you give Chris Jones a ton of money that all of a sudden, uh, you know, sets back. But I, he will start garnering more attention. I'm shocked that he hasn't garnered more attention than Frank Clark at this point. Because, well, he will soon. He will soon. Because people realize that he wrecks the interior of that defense. And we can only get better as a team, or the Chiefs can only get better as a team, if Chris Jones keeps forcing quarterbacks out of the pocket into the hands of an Okafor or Agba. And Agba's played just as well or better than Okafor. And then Frank Jones pushes them into their arms. But they can all kind of work together. And I do like the fact that for the second week in a row, we've seen a defensive back sack. This is one way to create pressure for the Chiefs is the non-conventional way by getting some of the other people involved with the blitz like we saw today. I love when they send the Honey Badger on a blitz. I've been waiting for this all season long. I, I loved when they sent Kendall Fuller. Again, you can't do it all the time because you open yourself up a little bit. But, man, it, it, there's some kind of energy when a defensive back comes in and, and takes down the quarterback. He did it last week, too, against the Ravens. He was on a stunt, and he batted down a pass of Lamar Jackson. So we see it now in two straight games where he's been on a stunt, and it's had a positive effect. Yeah, and, and, and I'm telling you, the more you can get, Matthew, that energy involved in the game, you got to find a way to get Clark involved. Um, I think the better off you'll be. Uh, again, that was a huge part. That was a huge point in the game where the, it started to feel like the Chiefs uh, could pull this thing out. Brian and KC, what's going on, man? Hey, how are you guys? Great. How are you doing? Doing well. Love 610. Love your uh, show. Thank you. Um, I don't really have anything new to say. I mean, this was <laughs> truly Patrick Mahomes' probably worst game he's ever played. I mean, I think he's only not had a touchdown pass in one other game. From what I saw, yeah. From what I saw, this was the first game ever in which he's had zero touchdowns rushing or passing. So, yeah, you could probably regard this as his worst game. You have 14 straight games with multiple touchdowns. I know. And he still found a way to bring us back and win the game. Um, I am waiting for Spagnuolo's defense to actually come to fruition. I'm being patient. But the second quarter, when they actually started blitzing and actually started sending – other people in there was when they finally started to turn around and we were able to stop the lions from just imposing their will on them. 
he made the non-Bob Sutton adjustments in this game. And that's one thing that he's done that I appreciate that he's doing is making these kind of in-game adjustments, especially when it comes to some of the stunts he was doing, the twist he was doing with the defensive line. Again, putting some pressure uh, from some of the defensive backs. But he did make that adjustment, and I thought that was really good of Steve Spagnola uh, to do. It was it was a frustrating game to watch, and we talk about Pat Mahomes in the game that he had. <laughs> Let's put it all in perspective, though, okay? Sammy Watkins drops one, and then we ended up having the pass interference on uh, Blake Bell. They called it on Kelsey. But that would have been a touchdown for Mahomes. Yep. And keep in mind, a couple of those Daryl Williams short runs, those could have been called where Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes could have had three touchdowns today. Let's be honest with you. Right. You know, we, we could be looking at the stat book and see 318 yards, three touchdowns. Yeah, it's not It's not like he he didn't have them available, too. I mean, it just isn't, it's just weird to see, I think, in the box score, him having zero touchdowns. But a caller nailed it on the head. I mean, you look at that fourth down play. It's fourth down, one minute and 55 seconds left, fourth and eight. Right, so Andy Reid calls a timeout because they're they're trying to regroup at that point of a timeout. Now you only have one timeout left, so if you don't get that fourth down, it's pretty much game over. I don't think you get the ball back. And and once again, I told you this last week. Under certain situations, at the end of the first half, when you're running low on time, I told you, start putting the ball in in Mahomes' hands. Let him be in charge. You're talking about the guy with the photographic memory. Let him take control, because I think the Chiefs. One of the Mahomes won another shot at the end zone. Take a timeout, another shot. I think he wanted that last week when he looked frustrated going to halftime. The clock management going into halftime has just not been good for the Kansas City Chiefs the last two weeks. It hasn't. And that's one of the things. You, you got you to gotta pick your poison because you want Andy Reid to call the plays. And if Andy Reid's calling the plays, the clock management is going to suffer a little bit. I felt the Chiefs' clock management got a little better when Doug Peterson was calling the plays. Now, they weren't as good a plays as Andy Reid. I thought, the, I thought the clock management was better when Matt Nagy was calling plays because Andy Reid could focus on the clock rather than what, what's coming up next. I'm not sure even if he can. But you're doing two things. You're watching the clock. You're keeping, you're it keeping is track never, of what play you want to run. It's never been good. It never no, improves. Hasn't, but, it's his Achilles heel. But I, I, think saw, it's it, I saw it better when other people were doing it, Pete. And here's the one thing about it. He needs an assistant. He needs a clock assistant. You can hire him. They can hire as many coaches as they, they want. should hire you. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But – Let's face it. I felt they should have had some points there at the end that eventually had turned that over to Mahomes. But here's the one thing that we got to remember. Because I know people are going to be saying, well, that's Mahomes' worst game. Again, let me refresh. 371 yards of total offense. Pretty damn good. Here's the thing, though, that's getting forgotten. When you may text your friend or call your buddy tonight and say, man, that wasn't Mahomes' best game. Remember one thing. What's that? Remember who took the team down at the end of the game. And you mentioned that that fourth down run on fourth and eight, who took the TAM team down and scored the winning touchdown? Pat Mahomes, right? Like, That's what you want. He, he brought them to the goal line, yes. Uh, and and Daryl scored it. But, but still, correct. Mahomes correct. led the touchdown drive. Correct. This is this is what Manning does. This is what Elway did. This is what Aaron Rodgers does. This is what Tom Brady does. I know he didn't, quote, get the touchdown. He could have. They could have called sure. the plays differently. He, he brought them down. He could have. Sure. He could have maybe quarterback sneaked. The biggest the play of the game, and there were a lot of weird plays, was the fourth and eight. Well, what if they would have called instead of Darrell Williams touchdown? What if he does a bootleg, scrambles out, sure. throws the touchdown to Travis? Sure, Kelsey. sure, sure. But the bottom line is, is this is what you have in Pat Mahomes. He led a game-winning drive for the Kansas City Chiefs on the road. 
So, yes, he wasn't crisp, and he wasn't crisp at all today. But what counts is, can you take your team down at the end of the game? Which we went so long with Alex Smith for a couple of years that couldn't score any points, two minutes for a half and two minutes for the game, and he did it. Yeah, it counts as a comeback victory and, and, a, and a really good win when, when you can really make a case that they shouldn't have won this game. Butch, Ocean Beach, California. What's up, man? Gentlemen, how about those Chiefs? <laughs> Another good win. Yeah, I am calling you from the sunny shores of Ocean Beach, just outside of San Diego. Very nice. Saw a good game today. Uh, you know what? I usually call I have a couple of good, some good points. I, I, I don't want to make this a rant, but I'm just going to say a couple of things in reference to some of what I've heard the fans talking about after this win. First of all, let's make one thing perfectly clear. This is the NFL. There are no upsets, right? The other team gets paid to do their jobs. We played a good team on the road. We should be happy that we got a win. Let's not pick this thing apart. We went on the road against a tough team that's coached better than what any of us thought we were. They, had, they went out there with a mash unit. Pete, you probably could have stood up and played in their backfield, and they still were holding tough with the Chiefs. That is a no, good coach. That. You know, no, good he could on the road. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Big, big fact. Maybe. Maybe. No. Yeah, maybe. No. <laughs> yeah, maybe. That's hey, ridiculous. Hey, hey, hey. I, hey, I, I, I want to put that out there. Hey, Pete could probably go four six in the four. Big Pete, baby, not little Pete. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about the little there, but uh, anyway, Bush. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can kind of take all the time you need. What, what else you got for us? In the last last couple points, the defense. You know, we, we are. It's good to pick apart at it, right? Because they sure. still have some things they have to work on. And like Andy said, you don't want to peak too soon here. So we definitely have some things we have to work on. I'm not sure if it's things that we are going to be able to do. Um, on a consistent basis, it looks like more sideline to sideline speed. And how do you tell defense to get faster? That's just, that's just difficult to do. But if Bashad Breland doesn't pick up that pick up the ball on that fumble and score a touchdown, you lose. Like we, we would have lost that game yeah, without were, that touchdown. A lot of things had to break the Chiefs' way, and, and Bashad Breland, I think he got better as the game went along. I, I could say the opposite for Chevarius Ward, but now you enter a situation. Week four is over. Uh, Mo Claiborne does re-enter the mix this week. Claiborne does re-enter the mix. This is the this is the juice you get on defense back with Mo Claiborne. He's the guy the Chiefs signed, the cornerback. Here's the thing, and here's my thing with Mo Claiborne. To expect him to come in and immediately make a difference against the Colts, which, by the way, lost to the Raiders today. But for ask him to come in and immediately make a difference, don't hold your breath. I'm thinking maybe week seven, eight, Pete. Get your get get the practice. He can't. Here's the thing. He hasn't even been able to go to the practice. I'm with you. This isn't a suspended player to the that sense. can practice with the Chiefs in the practice field. Who knows what I, the hell he's doing? Hopefully, I understand been at your Donuts. Hope he's been at a high school practicing. But to just expect somebody to step in and play in the National Football League, similar to your ain't point, that easy, Pete? Similar to what they're doing in Los Angeles, though. When you need somebody badly, like Melvin Gordon re-enters the mix, and, and he, you know he didn't play as much, but they suited him up. I Charvarius Ward looks like he should be, potentially not be on the field, especially what they're targeting him at the end of the games there, and, and he's costing you football games. I wonder how fast they can get him up to speed. I don't think he's playing the full game next week, but as much as you can possibly get him up to speed, I think you try to do it. Um, we appreciate your calls. We'll be getting to them. Uh, we'll, we'll hear from Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Plenty left here on, on the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Post Game Show presented by 7th Street Casino.
back to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show. Brought to you by 7th Street Casino. Here's Pete Sweeney and Jay Binkley. Pete Sweeney hanging out with Jay Binkley. Uh, Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show presented by 7th Street Casino, where it's at. And the Chiefs coming off a 34-30 victory over the Detroit Lions. A, a much closer game than we thought. Uh, we're going to go to the Kansas City Chiefs head coach who uh, went to the had a, had a post-game press conference right after the win. Before, um, just strain his hip a little bit, but I think he's going to be all right when it's when it's all said and done. The Damian Wilson thing was kind of weird. Um, you know, they, they asked him to come off the field, and then there was a little confusion after that. Exactly what went on? Then they said he could come back in, but it all worked out where he could come back in if we needed him at the at the end there. So. Um, my hat goes off to Matt Patricia for the job that he's done. I mean, we saw this on tape. So this wasn't something that we came here not knowing. Uh, but he has done a phenomenal job with this football team. And their personnel guys have brought some good players in to go with that. But this is a well-coached football team right here. And, um, again, my hat goes off to him for the job that he's, he's done. Um, the Lions are in a good place with him at the – at the helm there. Um, turnovers were a factor in the game, so we had three of them, um, but we, we ended up getting that score on one of theirs. They had a couple of them, and, and we were able to score on that. Again, uh, Spags continually gets after these guys about scooping and scoring when you're given the opportunity and then finishing the play. Now, Tyron helped them along, uh, help Breland along with that uh, finish it. You saw when he got to about the 50, he slowed down a little bit, but ended up taking it the rest of the way. Um, and I'm sure Matt's telling his guys the same thing I'm saying. You can't have the turnovers that, that you have or it costs you. And this team here, the Lions, has, has done a great job. They did it against the Chargers, and uh, they've done a great job of uh, getting themselves scores off of turnovers and capitalizing on those things. I was proud of our defensive front for uh, the four sacks. Um, this is a quarterback that hasn't been sacked at all this year. To, to have those sacks, I thought, was, was, a, big, was a big thing. And um, Listen, we have, we have a ton to work on, both sides of the ball, special teams. So when we go back, we're going to enjoy this one. But when we get back, uh, we'll have some work to do. Uh, we're getting ready for our next opponent there. So, but this, uh, we'll enjoy it. This is a tough place to play, and it's hard to win in the National Football League. So, uh, again, uh, we'll take it. So, with that time, George. That Andy Reid sound courtesy of Spectrum Sports. And you hear they, they kind of knew what they were, were up against going up against Matt Patricia and that defense. And if you, you watch in the, the locker room after the game, you could tell this one meant a lot to Andy Reid because the team fought through some bad play, some injuries. Uh, and still manage the victory. Yeah, this is one of those, as a coach, you look back at it and said, man, so many different areas, we shouldn't have won this game. They look at them fumbling twice inside the five-yard line, and, and they got away with one. But they got a victory in the NFL. And it's not the easiest. Ask the Rams. Ask the Rams are almost 10-point or double-digit favorites against the Bucks at home, and they lost. Here's an undefeated team that lost. This does happen. I mentioned the Patriots last year started 1-2. and two. This stuff happens. The thing that concerns me, though, is these coaches that are outside of the box, like Matt Patricia, you know, coming New England way. Who who do the Chiefs have to beat to get to the Super Bowl? New England Patriots. You know, I I, I have a lot of faith in Andy Reid to outsmart the coach he's going against. And there was times today 
I thought that Matt Patricia matched Andy Reid. No doubt about it. In different situations. And you don't always see that. No doubt With Andy Reid coach teams. But the concern to me is this team plays a lot like the Patriots does. I mean, Patricia's straight off. Not only that, I mean, we may laugh at him because he, 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 well, he didn't do it this year, but he used to wear the hat backwards. He is a rocket scientist, by the way. And I'm not kidding about that. He is a rocket scientist. That's actually true when it comes to Matt Patricia. But we kind of laugh about it. But, again, I think the biggest challenge for Andy Reid, and I'm going to ask him about this at one of the the weekly press conferences, as we get towards the middle of the season, once you've had a little bit of sample size, how are teams playing you differently? Like, what are you seeing as an offensive guru that other teams are doing against the Chiefs? Because we saw it last year at the end of the year with uh, the Ravens. We saw it with the Chargers coming in arrowhead and beating us. We saw it in the loss to the uh, Seattle Seahawks. The prescription to beat the Chiefs is a lot like the Lions did today. Run the football, ball control, had the ball over seven minutes longer than the Chiefs, kept Mahomes over on the sideline. That first quarter, they dominated time of possession. Don't get yourself out of the game where the running game, the Chiefs' biggest weakness, the Chiefs' biggest kryptonite stopping the run. Don't put your team in a position where you're so down where the run becomes nullified by your offense. And we saw that today by Matt Patricia. We saw him in the dedication to the running game against the Kansas City Chiefs. It was, he did the prescription that teams do to beat the Chiefs. Ball control, run the football, be smart. And again, you know, you look at some of these quarterbacks, we don't have to play Andrew Luck, which is good. But look at the schedule before the year started. I said, there's some good quarterbacks in here. Sure. Matt Stafford. We didn't think Lamar Jackson would be this good, although I really liked him coming out of the draft. Lamar Jackson is actually a very good quarterback. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers awaits. Tom Brady awaits. You know, Phillip Rivers awaits twice. I will say this. I think Matt Patricia, if you asked him what his team did wrong and what he'd like to see better, is more sacks. They didn't get to Patrick Mahomes. Well, they needed to. They I mean, did not sack Pat Mahomes. They made him uncomfortable enough. They made him to uncomfortable. Have a poor game, but yeah, they ne- they never got him to the ground. I mean, we could talk pressure big. versus sacks, and they did hit him a few times, which does count. If you hit him after he throws, you are at least putting pressure on him. The Lions, I will say this, Chiefs get four sacks today. Lions did not give up a sack the last two games. Their offensive line has been good. No one has sacked Matt Stafford in two straight games. They ended up getting three sacks against Arizona in the first week, and they kind of cleaned that up. But the Chiefs were able to get to Stafford four times. Chiefs stay undefeated. There are now four teams that are undefeated left in the NFL. The Chiefs, the Patriots, the Dallas Cowboys, uh, who play on Sunday night football tonight, and the San Francisco 49ers. The Broncos, the hated Broncos, are now 0-4 after losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So it's looking like more and more like they'll be out uh, of the playoffs. And Let me say something real quick about the Broncos. When you look at this division, right now the Denver Broncos, they're the worst team in this division. They have the worst quarterback, finally. They have the worst head coach, finally. The Denver Broncos are just different. Now, they were able to get five sacks today. The Denver Broncos had no sacks, which is unbelievable. No sacks through the first three they weeks. They ran into Minshew Mania today, too. Ran into Minshew Mania. But here's the thing. Everybody else went offensive mind. Denver tried to outsmart everybody by going defense with Vic Fangio. And there's a couple things along the way that I think should make Chiefs fans happy. We don't like when that team's well run. And right now, they're not. He made some comments about Drew Locke during the preseason camp. 
than weren't the most flattering, especially after that uh, Hall of Fame game. Yep. He kind of a little bit threw his rookie under the bus. You can't do that with those guys. Sure. You I can't mean, do that with those he guys. He just was being honest. I mean, Drew Locke but, is not ready. But here's the thing, though. His his main defensive guy, Von Miller, gave a press conference for about 15 seconds this week. Came in, talked, walked out. That, to me, says he ain't happy. Yeah. And John Elway cannot find that quarterback since Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning makes you money. Peyton Manning can make you a winner. Peyton Manning can make you look good. And right now, Vic Fangio, now maybe he turns it around and surprises me completely. I don't think that, I mean, Denver does not pose a threat to the Chiefs anymore. I think Oakland is getting better. I think I think the Chargers are good right now and compete with the Chiefs, 500 team. But when Phillip Rivers is gone, I have serious questions about that team going forward. Because I do think he's the best quarterback in the NFL not to win a ring. And I, I certainly think he's teetering on the Hall of Fame. When he leaves, they're going to have some trouble. This division, in my opinion, is Kansas City and Oakland going forward. I think we can wave goodbye at this point to Denver and within a year wave goodbye to the Chargers. But Denver right now is, is a cluster, a cluster as bad as they are. Both the Raiders and the Chargers winning today. Denver, the only team in the AFC West that loses. Which is awesome. <laughs> Let's continue on with the Chiefs head coach. Andy, uh, people who didn't see this game might uh, look at the stats and say, hey, Pat didn't have a real big impact on this game. But those of us who did watch it otherwise. So I'd like to hear in your words some of the <coughs> Yeah, well, he never gave up, uh, first of all, and, and he exuded that uh, both sides of the ball. Uh, very easily a young guy can get in the tank um, if things aren't going right, whether it's his problem or somebody else's problem. You just start pointing the finger, you start pointing the finger at yourself, and you go in the tank. But he didn't do that at all. He just kept it going. He said, we're going to win the game. We just got to kind of get rid of some of this garbage here. And um, whether it was his or whether it was somebody else's, uh, whether it was a bad play call, you know, whatever it was, just get rid of it and, and keep moving forward. So uh, I thought he, he did that. And, you know, the, the opportunity to hit a couple guys down the stretch there that really haven't had opportunities to make a ton of plays between Bell and Pringle um, is a great thing. So, I mean, that's uh, Pringle was about two inches away from getting a potato chip commercial. So he was real close there. <laughs> Well, they played man coverage, and the, you're going to have some big ones, and then you're going to have some ones that don't look so good. <clears throat> but we know that. We knew that coming in. Um, you know, we, we were still able to score some points, uh, which was important, and, uh, and come out with a win. But, you know, it's a, that's a full day's work um, when, when, you, when you do that. So we, we got some nice runs in there, which, which helped also. Andy Reid talking about wide receiver Byron Pringle, local product from K-State, had a really big catch uh, toward the end of the game there. And, and for a guy who really hasn't been in the mix quite a bit, for him to hold on to that football in the game where the Lions are punching it out play after play, kudos to him. It was impressive. It was impressive. From the protein house, even the purpose text line, three-man rush equals Mahomes' kryptonite. Today. Well, yeah, yeah, they had three-man rush, and it was effective at times. But you know what? That's the Lions' fault, not the Chiefs. They didn't put Mahomes on his back. That's his fault. But Pringle, uh, again, just one guy after another. Deion Yelder signing. Deion Yelder had been tied in number two through every depth chart, even though he hadn't played. 
He played right. two snaps all year. Played good at the beginning of the game, then kind of disappeared. Blake Bell uh, kind of took him over, which they're helping Cam Irving chip between Blake Bell and the extra tight ends and the backs in the backfield, helping Cam Irving. And one time, Cam Irving got himself out there. We had two guys at the block, and he picked the wrong guy, but he still got it, the job done. But keep Mahomes clean. Keep Mahomes from getting sacked, and uh, that will work for me. But you show that Andy Reid just keeps implementing new people. I mean, last week it was with the Daryl Williams show. You know, each week we've seen a different leading wide receiver for the Chiefs. You know, week one, Watkins has that big game. Demarcus Robinson has that big game in week two. Hardman leads the team in receiving in week three. Travis Kelsey leads the team in receiving in week four. That's where it makes Andy Reid good. Okay, who are you going to take out? I'm going to make the other guy star. We haven't seen those video game numbers in a few weeks, but the fact that it is a varying player is impressive to watch. Let's continue on with the Chiefs head coach. Coach, I think it was the crowd and ways that affected from the offense, but also uh, talk more about the defense in that front four because just, you know, just what it looked like before <coughs> might open up the lead, they came through to stop them on the front Yeah, so... Um... The crowd, I mean, they were loud. I, I thought I thought we handled that pretty good. I didn't think that was necessarily the issue, uh, but they were loud. I mean, we all know that. Our ears are ringing from, but it, they, um, I didn't think that that was as much an issue as we were just off by a tick, you know, in, in some areas. So, um, and then uh, as far as the defensive front goes, they kept battling, <clears throat> and that, that ended up being a huge thing down the stretch for us. So, and when they didn't get to the quarterback, they at least had pressure on made a move. And and so I, I thought that that, you know, that became, that was important uh, throughout the game. In fact, they played a lot of man-to-man. Sound like that? Had somebody running late? <clears throat> yeah, well, they, were, they had doubles on. So when they start doubling people, um, you know, there could be some lanes. And he knew that. And that's where he took off. He had the big fourth down play. So, I mean, that was big as they come right there. But they that's one of the things. If you're going to double people, you, you have a chance of giving that up and rushing three. So, Patrick <clears throat> plays with his legs. You referenced it a little bit. The fourth top play also earlier, where Kurt Hyde has been rushing and to make plays with his feet. Yeah, so he's got a real good feel for that. Um, he probably had some earlier he, where, he, where he ended up throwing them, completing them, but he had, he had a couple chances earlier where he could have done, uh, done the same thing. Um, but he, he chose to throw it. But that's just one of the things that kind of come when you're rolling different coverages, and, and and Matt knows that. I mean, that's you try to get your guys and keep them in lanes, but sometimes you get out get out of position. And Pat saw that. We talked about it on the sideline, and and um, he took advantage of it. Yeah. Taking the kids to soccer practice Saturday. We're live and local all day long, starting at 10. 610 Sports Radio, KCSB Kansas City, WDAF HD2 Kansas City, a Radio.com Sports Station. The Andy Reid sound, courtesy of Spectrum Sports. Let's finish up with the Chiefs head coach. Last call. <coughs> coach, obviously, you had one set of adjustments you wanted to make, but then the fumble coming out in the third quarter. You know, what adjustment were you planning on making before? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, you kind of saw it once we got going. Again, we didn't change much after that, uh, after the fumble. I mean, it's too bad that that happened. I mean, he's. Cole's done a nice job for us. And, and so those things are going to happen. A young player, he got the ball out a little bit. They stripped it. You could kind of see it coming. It was one of those that felt, you felt like you are in slow motion. The ball got away from his body. You got to keep it high and tight in there and make sure you keep those five points of ball leverage. He can learn from that. He's a smart kid. He'll learn from it and get better from it. Last coach, you know that there was an emphasis, or it seems like there's been an emphasis on rest, not going to play his dead. How important was that on Rashad Reeling's return? 
Yeah, that's a veteran crew, maybe the, the, the most veteran crew. I mean, that's, um, uh, they've been around a while, so Walt, Walt, Walt does a good job with all that, and I thought he did a nice job throughout. I mean, he was the one following it, so he kept it, kept it alive, and, and um, you know, they get the advantage of the review after score, so they had a chance to see it and turnovers. Yeah, we worked on that quite a little bit. <laughs> I'll take full credit for that one. Right, Travis guys. Kelsey with the lateral, kind of a, a impromptu hook and ladder in the middle of this game. We saw it all really in a very sloppy game for the Chiefs and Lions. I tell you what, when that play was made, it almost looked like it bounced off of him at first. It looked like it bounced off of McCoy, just happened to be in the right spot. But then you watch the replay and you're like, Damn, that was a heads-up play by <laughs> Travis Kelsey. To not to, and it's also risky when, when you're you're not sure if, if if there are no defenders around him for him to have. Oh, the they would have had to talk about it. Hey, man, Just, look out! Yeah, I'm sure there was some kind of communication. Maybe maybe some some eye contact, some helmet contact. It's like when I threw that chicken wing earlier, you know, I you did. I right in my mouth. Away. It was it was a good job. All right, when we come back, I see you, Big T, Neil, and Robert. We will get to your phone calls, and we'll also name our AP player of the game. That's next. The Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by 7th Street Casino. Back to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, brought to you by 7th Street Casino. Here's Pete Sweeney and Jay Binkley. The Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show is brought to you by 7th Street Casino, where it's at. You can get involved by calling us 913 576 7610 or hit us in the Protein House Eat with a Purpose text line. 69306. We're about to name our player of the game, but before we do, you've been waiting a long time. What's up, Neil? Hey, fellas. Yeah, thanks for taking my call tonight. I'm glad you're on. Uh, win is always good, no matter what, and I wish the Bills had been able to pull it off against the Pats today, yeah. but uh, I'll tell you what, Pete, I think me and you are on the same wavelength today. I got a lot of points if you guys can give me some time here, but the first and foremost, this, is, this run defense is starting to get on my nerves. I was giving them the benefit of doubt for the first few weeks. I figured week one, it was week one. Week two, Oakland's got a good offensive line. Week three, I wasn't jumping off uh, against this run defense the way a lot of people were. I mean, yeah, they gave up 200 yards rushing. However, going into that game, Baltimore had been averaging 260, 270 on the ground, and so we held them to below their average, so I was not panicked by that. But this week, I expected them to hold them to under 100 yards rushing. I expected closer to like maybe 70, 75 yards, and they doubled that. This defense, this is a big major concern now. Right? We're talking, I feel like Sony Michelle could run for 150 to 200 yards on this defense right now, and that is unacceptable. Um, another thing, Bank, I'm proud of you for being able to hold off on Frank Clark, but uh, Pete, I'm with you on that. Frank Clark is starting to get on my nerves, too. I heard a lot of names today. I heard Tyron. Yep. I heard I heard Okafor. I heard Ogba. I heard Chris Jones a few times. And I'm with, by the way, about Chris Jones. Good game, pass rushing. But still, you got it. Like, I agree with Show during the week. He's talking about Chris Jones and, and the team in general needs to take – they need to – Take a page from uh, Frank Clark and uh, let their stuff hang loose, right? <laughs> they need to get their stuff in it. And I really, I think more than anything, though, I think I blame the linebackers. I feel like Tyron Matthew on that Galladay touchdown, um, at first I thought it was his coverage, uh, but then I realized he was. it seemed like he was a little angry at maybe Damian Wilson or Hitchens, whoever it was that was a linebacker on that play, I think missed their assignment. And I think the linebackers, more than anything, 
are, are holding us back in the run game. And that is really, that just needs to get taken care of sooner than later. And Frank Clark, you need to step up your game, man. This is getting ridiculous now. It's a quarter of the way through the season. You need to make a play. You almost made a play late in the game, but you didn't <laughs> get to. there. And, and Matt Stafford had a big play against us on that. Uh, I'm going to go off the defense now for a bit. Well, let me go to Charveris Ward for a second. Pete, I agree with you about Charveris, although I think it's weird with Charveris, though. I think he just, I'm hoping anyway, he thinks he just needs a little more experience. Like, I feel like he's in position to make the play, but still just not getting his head turned around and not playing the ball enough. It looks like he he has work on his ball skills. He's got the speed, it seems like, in my opinion. Uh, The ball skills, once the ball's in the air, it's been tough go for Charveris. He needs to make a play. Um, moving on, we'll get a little more comical here now real quick. Um, okay. I, I, I have Shady. I have Daryl Williams. I have Darwin Thompson. I don't know who's back to play in this backfield in my fantasy team anymore. It's ridiculous. I played Philip Lindsay today, and I should have played Daryl Williams. Last week I played Shady, and I played uh, Darwin, and I got hosed on Darwin. That's the this problem. Week with... I picked up Daryl Williams, and and I didn't play him. I yeah, Lindsay that's the, the problem with a, a lot of these Chiefs, even in the, even some of the receivers. It, it's the fact that you really don't know who's going to go off, and now especially with their running back situation, it almost is a tough fantasy play. Even like, even if you have Kelsey, because maybe it'll be a Watkins day or, or a McColl day. The Chiefs don't give I a damn about it. fantasy. No, teams. They, they just want to win. They football. don't care. No, they no. don't care. Neil, Neil, no. no, give me one, uh, one more, one more, okay. one more, one more, real quick. All right. Patrick had an off day, but of course he found a way to get it done. God bless you, kiddo. And Travis, real quick, I want to say Travis, <laughs> I thought he did a great job on the last drive of the game when he had that uh, big uh, third down conversion or whatever yep. play it was, and he got out of bounds. And then, I don't know if you guys noticed, I'm sure you did, he held onto that ball with both hands because he was not going to let somebody punch that ball out, and I was really proud of him for that. Well, they were probably warned on the sideline not to do that. Neil from Lojack. Here's the one thing about Frank Clark. A ton of points. And I'm not defending Frank Clark. I've even made the comment that he's on the back of the milk carton right now. We're waiting for him to show up. You showed him, Mick. But you know what, though? Sometimes guys eventually step out of the box, do things. The game's coming. Just remember, though, give props when he does something. Here was a guy that was getting killed. I mean, he's making money where you should be doing something every game. There was a guy in the NFL. Let me tell you a little story about a guy in Jacksonville that was getting killed. What was his name? Everybody says he sucks. He can't do any litter for net. Yeah. He ran for 66, 47, and 66. Today against the Broncos defense, he yields 109 yards a game. He rushes for 225 yards, 7.8 yards per carry against the great Vic Fangio defense. I'm just saying. He broke out. People are saying he sucked. What's wrong with him? He breaks out for 225. If Frank Clark breaks out and has three sacks, just remember, because right now you're probably cussing him. You want him to do something. It'd be different. But if, if he it, breaks out, what are you going to say? It, and you also have It'd be to different it. if it was a developmental player finally getting a crack and you're waiting. Okay, we're waiting. You know, we're counting on this guy. This is not a development, developmental player. This was a player that they traded a first and second and paid. I, I get it. Andy Reid was defending him because he says you have to go back and look course, at it. Of course, See how he's Reed, Reed, of course. Reed, of course. I know. I know. The Chiefs are defending him. But let's face it. He did get some double teams last week. Yeah. I didn't see as many this week as I did before. He's getting extra attention. There's no I, doubt about I that. I thought he set the edge well against Baltimore. Against Lamar Jackson, I thought he was able to contain him a little bit. It would have been better to see him show up more than two tackles in the stat sheet. But I do think eventually he's going to do things and we're excited. It, it's it's just it, 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 he's got the spotlight on, spotlight on him because he was paid to be an all-star. 
He's played paid to be a Pro Bowl All Pro. The Broncos had no sacks in the first three games. You can tell me that Bradley Chubb and Von Miller suck. I'm not. They didn't have any sacks at all the first three weeks. They finally got through today. I just think the but commi- they went three games, three damn the games. Future, you- with, the Broncos didn't have one damn sack in three games, and they're better than that. I I get I get it. They're they're elite players. They're all pros. The, the Broncos didn't send a first and second and pay this guy instead of one of their own for the output that they're getting from Frank Clark. That's just a fact. Big T, what's up, man? Hey, guys, good show, man. Thanks for taking my call. You know, uh, man, I thought Neil was going to write a book. Man, I thought he was a road <laughs> reporter. I thought so, you too. Know? Come on, man. You know, you're, you're going to die. No team in the NFL is perfect. So we go into Detroit. That's a much-improved Lions team. And we came out of there with a victory. Yes, it was sloppy, too many turnovers, you know, too many bad bad plays. The linebackers are what's killing this team on the yeah. run defense. It's not the damn line. Come on. You know, and, and, you know, as far as Frank Clark, did he even play today? Was he even suited <laughs> up? And that's just a jab at him. But he'll get better. Hopefully he'll be better. But, man, what I want to talk about, we got that quarterback, and as the, as the game went on, everybody's going, oh, God, look at all the turns. And, you know, with that fumble that we got lucky with that touchdown, Brashawn Breeland, so they, they bailed us out there. But, man, how many people felt so uh, 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 relieved that we got this guy that can drive us down the field with two minutes to get a victory. Because in the, in the past Chiefs yep. team, they would have lost that damn game. And then, that, you know, another thing I want to talk about, how about that honey badger? A damn badger, he ain't afraid of no lion. <laughs> He'll take what he wants. Tigers, he don't care. <laughs> that badger's going to get that sack, and he sacked uh. that punk boy. He put him down. The badger don't give a damn. And, you know, how about that Chris Jones? <laughs> Mean, nasty, physical, yep. dominating performance. You, you, hey, everybody, just shut up. We cannot <laughs> afford not to sign this guy. He's the anchor of this damn defense. So forget Frank Clark. He'll wow. be what he's got to be. But we got to keep Chris Jones. They need to sign him now. Woo. They need to figure out a way to keep his ass oh, on yeah. this team. Because if they get rid of Chris Jones, you're calling about the defense now. <laughs> if something happens to him, the Chiefs are – C O O K E D cook and and you know what? Uh, let, uh, Andy Reid he cut on the you know what about the I don't know if anybody saw the uh, highlights afterwards they showed our locker room. Yep. Andy Lee he's a woolly veteran coach and let's go Chiefs we're four and zero and and Butker don't miss another field goal go Chiefs woohoo! Big T's talking to him. Hunting badger, toughest animal in the kingdom? Without a doubt. You take, you take what you want? I've always wanted to ask yeah, you that. You yeah, take what you yeah, want. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thank you. Appreciate it. Time an interview with Pete and I. Timely, Bink. Um, he takes what he wants. Big T came on tonight with some fire. And so choo, we, choo, we choo, choo. That. Uh, we go from some of these calls to our AP player of the game, Nick. Travis Kelsey, man. Yeah. Woo! Uh, not a ton uh, of players, I, I think, stood out as far as complete clean games, but I think Travis Kelsey for the Chiefs had as close to it as you could possibly get. Uh, didn't get in the end zone, but he was your most your productive cat, uh, pass catcher. Seven receptions for the 85 yards uh, on eight targets. He's just been Mr. Consistent for the Chiefs this year. He just has. I mean, you can always count on him each and every week. Can't him deliver. Again, he came into this game 16 yards in the NFL and receiving, but hadn't led the Chiefs in receiving yards in a game. I mean, that's crazy to think about, but it also shows you um, the the, uh, the the fact that uh, distribution, distribution yeah. from Patrick Mahomes 
But th- these are his games this year. He hasn't had a game under 80 yards. You know, you go back to Jacksonville, 88, solid. then 107, 89, then 85. He's had He only had three catches against Jacksonville, but he did it with 88 yards. But he's had seven, seven, and seven the last three weeks. He's been incredible. Our only other choice, maybe uh, Bashad Breeland, because he came back, did actually kind of redeem himself. Play. But that was... That was really the play of the game to me, although that lateral by Kelsey was sweet as hell. The play of the game is fourth and eight uh, by Patrick Mahomes because that's it. If you don't get that, you're, you're done. Uh, granted, well, if you don't get the Breland thing, you're done too. Yeah, granted too. The, well, the, the, the one that Breland probably had the most valuable play of the game because you're taking away seven and you're getting seven. Uh, and real heads up to pick it up and run and, and play through the whistle. So 100%. Uh, but for me, Kelsey's our player of the game because he just had the most complete game, most consistent game, the cleanest game on a sloppy, sloppy day of football. Our AP player of the game is brought to you by Mazarese Jewelry, jewelry that's dazzled Kansas City for over 40 years. Tune in to Fesco in the morning tomorrow at 9.30 a.m. And if you know the player of the game, who is Travis Kelsey, you could win $25 to Topper's Pizza, and one monthly winner will win the grand prize of a $500 Mazarese Jewelry gift card. Bing, think about the things that you could do with that Mazarese Jewelry. Um, wow. You better have a sweet roll. What does that mean? Put a ring on it. Okay. Um, with that, we're going to go to Robert in Excelsior Springs. What's up, Robert? Hey, uh, so no one's really mentioning this, but at the very last play of the game, that Hail Mary, one Thornhill swats that ball straight into the ground. Real so smart. To make that play and not catch it and try and get some yards and pad his stats a little bit. Or fumble was, it. Or fumble it. I was super impressed that he just swatted it to the ground. Because uh, that could have gone a lot of different ways if he tries to catch that or something like that. For him to swat it in the game and not make a rookie mistake of trying to take off with it, I thought that was big. Um, also, Patrick Mahomes didn't have any touchdowns today, but he put up 370 offensive yards. That's right. The kid, the kid is a superstar. He doesn't have to throw the ball for touchdowns to win the game. He just has to get us down there, let this committee do their job. Daryl Williams went off today. Um, not a ton of yards, but he had three touchdowns. I mean, that's pretty good performance for not having any touchdowns. 371 yards. I'll take that every day of the week as long as we're winning games. Yeah, Darrell Williams ended up having two touchdowns, but I understand your point. And the thing about Patrick Mahomes, and we say this often, right? We say this often about Mahomes, is it was a little bit of a letdown today, too. And the caller nails it on the head. Patrick Mahomes ends up putting up, what, 360, 370 yards of of offense. And that to us was like, ah, man, he had a poor – Look, think about that. Like, that's that's mind-blowing in a sense. Without a starting left tackle, without his best receiver. Seriously. I mean, these are the things. You take that a weapon away Just and other people get attention. But we are spoiled by it. And keep this in mind, too. How many touchdowns would he have had with maybe some different play calling on the goal line? Where he throws the ball rather than lets the Chiefs and Darrell Williams run the football. Might have had a couple touchdowns in this game. But he led a game-winning drive, too. <laughs> Let's not forget that fact, that he leads the game-winning drive. You can tell, too, in that, in that drive bank, and I don't know if you felt this, there was just a feeling in Mahomes. You could you could see it, and again, you didn't have the touchdowns today, but you could see it on that final drive. He just was not going to let the Chiefs lose the game. No, he refused to let them lose the game. He he's got that attitude where he's more vocal with his teammates here on the sideline. I think this really it was last year quite a bit 
But really, that AFC title game where he goes in the halftime yep. and tells everybody, hey, we're going to come out and score 30 points in the second half. And then they went out and did it. That's what, but, but we've seen him a little more vocal, which is fine. He wants to win. He's competitive. As, as I said in the pregame TP, we go out there. The Chiefs on Friday, loose bunch. They were arguing about who's the best player in the NBA, Kevin Durant, LeBron James. They were arguing about that. They were shooting hoops in the basket. They were having fun. They were going around and having fun with the media, talking. The Chiefs like to have fun, but they also know how to switch the switch. And you see the videos when they get off the plane or walking in. They're extremely focused. They know what's at stake. They know what's at hand. We don't have Pat Mahomes getting in feuds with Rex Ryan on TV. We don't. Thank goodness. Because he doesn't care. You know, the Troy Aikman thing, a little thing that came up earlier, you know, where Aikman was upset, you know, about some stats about him, whatever. Yeah. He didn't say a word. You know, he, he doesn't get into the the drama. He goes about and does his job. I do think the jealousy is sinking in a little bit nationally. People jealous a little bit about Mahomes. Well, once in the commercials, once the Chiefs start winning championships, you're you're going to become the new Patriots. I mean, and that's something you should want. Yeah, people are going to get. To, he's going to get the Tom Brady treatment, where the people in New England love him, everybody else doesn't. Exactly. That's what winning does, though. That's what consistent winning, does. winning of titles. That's what it does. Uh, we do need to get to break, but Bank, I want to share this with you. Uh, about six o'clock earlier today, Frank Clark with this tweet: No disrespect to a tackle, but that doesn't feed my family. Sacks do. New team, new system, doubles, chips, etc. Irrelevant in all caps. Save the excuses. Success in the league isn't driven with excuses. Heart emoji, checkered flag emoji from Frank Clark, and he signs it Black Elvis, which is his nickname. That's Pick what you want to hear. Frank. Pick it up. That's what you want to hear. Uh, when we come back, AP sounds of the game. More of your calls, and you'll get to hear from the quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. That's next. The Arrowhead Ride Post Game Show, presented by 7th Street Casino. Back to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, brought to you by 7th Street Casino. Here's Pete Sweeney and Jay Binkley. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show. Pete Sweeney here, the editor in chief of ArrowheadPride.com. Across from Jay Binkley, hanging out with our guy Nick Price behind the glass. And what a Sunday for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think Bink just opened up. What is that? Your fourth bang, bang energy drink today? I've had a couple, <laughs> a few bangs, a couple ten pizza. We all had pizza. We had some wings, little bangs. That's right. Uh, Chiefs winning 34-30 to 30 in this game. The touchdowns for the Chiefs coming from Daryl Williams uh, and LaShawn McCoy. Mr. 4.7240, Daryl Williams, who flashed last week with a run over 21 miles an hour. Football speed, man. Lightning. Give me some real That's football That's why they call speed. him Lightning Williams. Give me some speed on the football field. That's what counts. It's time now. For your AP Sounds of the Game, the AP Sounds of the Game are brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. They will run it to Johnson and lunges forward. We've well, got to be careful with that football. He did not get in. Tyron Matthew was there, and the Chiefs are running, running away with the football like they have it. I haven't heard a whistle. They may let this play out as Bashad Breland. That's a great observation. Remember, this is the crew that blew the whistle in Los Angeles and New Orleans. Touchdown, Kansas City. It is a touchdown for the Chiefs. The Lions, for the second time this quarter, have fumbled within the five. And I think, Charles, this is the right call. Well, he puts the ball at risk by putting it up in the air there. So once you put the ball at risk and the ball's popped out before he hits the ground, now the next question, 
When Bashad Breeland grabs the football, is he contacted by anyone from Detroit? The answer, no. He's on one of his teammates, and he can be on his knees and get up. This is the NFL. So watch. See, Breeland comes in, gets the ball. Galladay's got a chance. He does. He thinks the play's dead. And off he goes. And look there, a couple lines coming off the field. I don't know if they were coming out for the extra point and trying to scurry off. But Breeland unobstructed all the way to the end zone. So as bizarre as that looks, and as bad as it looks, I believe they, they got that call correct. Mahomes, pressure, looking to run it, and he's going to pick it up. Patrick Mahomes all the way out to the 49. They played man coverage, and Mahomes burned him. Second and goal. They make a case there. Mahomes, the give again, and Williams is in. Touchdown, Kansas City. And the Chiefs. Converting on fourth and eight, marching down the field in a two-minute drive with 20 seconds left back in front. Will the Lions' prayers be answered here? If not, the Chiefs with a comeback win. Here we go. Napper lets it fly. Floating up there to the end zone. It's short. It's knocked down. Game over. The Kansas City Chiefs with a thrilling comeback win here in Detroit. Juan Thornhill knocking down the pass. Those are your AP sounds of the game brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. And the caller nailed it on the head. Great play by Thornhill. Let's end the game. You know what as sloppy as this game was with certain plays? There was a lot of smart football being played as well. The Breeland picking the ball up, running. You know how many guys would have just picked it up, not ran, just kind of stood there, whatever? Galladay gave up on the play. The Lions had him, but gave it up. No one chased him, but the, but he, he wisely goes to the end zone. And if they turn it over, touchdown Chiefs, brilliant play. What he did is what you should do, because typically refs would blow their whistle way too early. He took advantage of it, got to the end zone. Thornhill batting the ball down. Listen, it's not about stats. Maybe Thornhill just doesn't know the rules yet and contracts and you you get those INT numbers, swat it down. Swat it down. Make sure nobody catches it. Or if you catch it, that you don't fumble it. Heads up play. And I thought the Lions were playing smart football as well by reaching. That stuff starts making a difference. When you reach in and start punching the football out like they were doing, that's going to come in handy. I wish I would love to see the Chiefs start doing a little bit of that because I thought that was incredible football, smart football, but with the Chiefs and the Lions in certain situations. A lot of dumb stuff, too. No question about it. Especially Detroit when you get close to the goal line and the fumbles. That Stafford fumble was ridiculous because Dottie didn't even touch it. He gets a forced fumble and a sack. He didn't even touch it, and Stafford drops it. But there was a few moments in this game where just, just smart football being played. Agreed. I, I, I would agree with that. Um, you're right about the Bashad Breeland play. It's one of those classic lessons you hear in any sport and, and peewee football. Just play through the whistle. And Bashad Breeland picked up the ball. It was one of the bigger plays of the game. I mean, he didn't have to do that. He was standing outside the pile, and he walks up yeah, and sees why it. Why not? And again, should have been stopped how right many, there by Detroit. Galladay had his hand how many times like, you touching see a, him. How many times you see a player run like that, and then all of a sudden he gets halfway down the field, and they start blowing it, and, and th this was a case where they just never blew the whistle. The Lions didn't even chase him. That was embarrassing. Some of them just go off onto the sideline. No one thought this play was going to stand. What a reversal. That's a 14-point swing that we saw there. Call us.
913-576-7610. Brian and Lee Summit, what's up? Well, not much. How are you guys doing? We're doing all right. Hey, all right. Uh, a few points, and then I want to ask uh, your opinion on something. Sure. Um, first off, when the season, before it even began, people were like, you know, hey, let's just settle for middle of the road for our defense, you know, in the 20s or whatever. I'm going to tell you this, like I called last week and told them, if this is last year's defense, we lose this game, plain and simple. Now, I don't think anybody's going to argue that. All right. My next point is we have Morris Claiborne coming back off. I don't know if he's going to be uh, a help or hindrance. And my only other thing is that I'll say is everybody's worried about signing Jalen Ramsey. Why don't you just go after Trent Williams for the Washington, get another offensive line and say, you know what, we're going to put up 50 points a game and we'll see if you guys can keep up. I'd like for you to discuss it if you could off, off air while I'm off air. And uh, thanks a lot, guys. Well, the one thing about it is, Mo Claiborne, as we've said, he can come back. But again, when you've missed four weeks, you can't be around the facility. It kind of takes a little bit to get acclimated, to get out there. And as far as the Chiefs, where they rank? They're 26 um, in, uh, in in rush defense coming in this game. They get more yards per carry than any team. 19th against the pass, so the pass defense has been better than the run. But the best stat of all, Coming into this game, the Chiefs were 14th in the NFL. That means a little bit better than half points against. And that's a big one. The Chiefs were 14th, but it's going to go up this week because of the points that you gave up to the Lions. But we said that. Give me a top 15 scoring defense. In the end, that's all that matters. How many points you've given up per game. And to, it's going to go up, like I said. But coming into this game, they were 14th in the NFL. I wish they would have stayed there. I wish they could have been top 15 as we got to the quarter mark of the season. Still can improve on that. Um, the defense is a little bit better, but I get it. When you're watching this, you see a lot of the same things. The Chiefs have been gashed for the run for years. And you know what? You could say, well, did they get to the quarter? Well, they got to the quarterback last year, too. They tied the Steelers with 52 sacks. I do think this team is better at adjustments than the way they were with Bob Sutton. You sit there and listen to Anthony Hitchens. You and I were right there at Hitchens' locker when he was talking about defense he's even made comments throughout about how much simpler this is he says we can go out and play our own game sure we don't have to worry about so many things and i bring it back to to what i've said for years pete carroll i consider him one of the masters of defense like bill belichick and he wrote a book and he was talking about trust if you can trust those around you to do their job your their jobs you can do yours better when you just focus on yourself right and you can work on that now, if, if you're not worried about Tyron Matthew sitting there behind you, you can trust that. Or Tyron Matthew can trust the linebackers in front of him, which I don't think he has full trust at this point. And he knows he can worry about himself and not others. I don't think that they're to that point yet with complete trust, but they simplified the system to where a lot of them are just going out and playing football now. And they love it. Right. They've all said it. You know, guys that left the Chiefs weren't complimentary about Bob Sutton. The, the resistance to change, the resistance to adapt, make changes like we've seen Andy Reid in the offense make changes. Big reason why the offense, we've seen two offensive coordinators leaving our head coaches other places in the NFL, one with the Super Bowl ring and Doug Peterson. We haven't seen the attrition on defense because nobody's wanted them. They actually have guys now like Brendan Daly, Matt House, that I think are going to get other jobs in the NFL. And I think Eric Bieniemy will be a head coach in this league, if not next year. Well, very soon. Reasonably, the defense is going to have to perform better if these guys are going to get jobs. As far as Brian's question about Trent Williams, not a move that I would make. 
I just don't think the offensive line is the problem for this team. I understand what you're saying, sure it up, and then all of a sudden Mahomes can have more time, but he wasn't really even sacked today. I think it was just a day when he was a little bit off, and I think that's going to happen to every quarterback. I think what the Chiefs may need is some another defensive piece in the secondary. They'll get that back in Mo Claiborne. He may not play right away, but at the same time, I think that's a boost. I think he's a better player probably than Charvarius Ward, uh, so that should help. Well, here's team. the other thing too, Pete, is – you know, no sacks today for the Lions. The Chiefs gave up no sacks to Jacksonville, even though they put the pressure on. Jacksonville turned around in a couple weeks ago, had nine against the Titans. Sure. Sacked them nine times. They did not give up a sack today. And as far as... I don't think the offensive line was the problem today. You know, when he asked about Trent Williams, I mean, I understand this guy's holding out. Uh, there's no indication that Washington wants to even necessarily move on, which, call it what it is, it, it's whatever. I just don't think it's a move the Chiefs are going to make. Well, here's the thing. The only teams in the NFL that have given up fewer sacks than the Chiefs, there's three of them. The Cowboys, the Vikings, and the Niners. Niners didn't play today. The Cowboys haven't played this week yet. They will. And the Minnesota Vikings. That's it. The Chiefs aren't going anywhere on this list. When we see the stats come out next week, the Chiefs might have given up the fewest sacks in the NFL. They're one away from giving up the fewest sacks in the NFL. By a patchwork offensive line, at times. I'm sorry. That's impressive. Mahomes is smart, too. I mean, he's, you could tell he, he's a little bit more comfortable uh, in the pocket uh, this year. Jayhawk Marty, how's it going, man? Hey, guys. How's it going? Um, Good. I just wanted to say that, um, I, you know, we were kind of getting gashed a little bit early, but I thought that the secondary played pretty well, and I, I'm not worried about Jalen Ramsey going forward. I, Matt Stafford was just just throwing balls in windows. And I, I thought, I mean, I, I see some real improvement over, over over there. And Bashard Breland, he's a player, man. He can play. And you know, I don't know what Mo Claiborne's going to do, but I, I think I think we're okay there. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to say, and, and then I'll listen. I'll let you guys comment off air. Is uh, 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 Daryl Williams is our Wade Davis, man. We put him in there, and he closes <laughs> out the game, man. I mean, what a stud. You know what I mean? I, I'm just. You know, we we got we got LaShawn in the beginning, and then we put in Daryl, and he closes the door. So, I'll listen off the air. <laughs> I won't go that far yet. Well, I, I was just actually just – I didn't think that Williams today, for that second point first, I, I didn't think Williams was as effective as McCoy today. And, and granted, he did get the two scores, but it made me wonder at the end of the game, is LaShawn hurt? And it didn't sound like it to Andy Reid, so they were opting to go to Daryl Williams, and I just didn't get it toward the end of the game. Uh, and then for the first point, when Charvarius Ward, what concerns me about Ward is not the beginning of the game, but toward the end of it, Stafford seemed to be picking on Ward. And there seems to always be a cornerback that the Chiefs have a deficiency where the opposing quarterback starts to pick on that player. And, and we saw that happen to Ward at the end of the game. But Matt Stafford was making some pretty nice throws. Yeah, and he's, he, Ward played better the, the, the couple of previous games uh, to this. By the way, the Minnesota Vikings, they were – one of those teams were better than the Chiefs and fewer sacks. Gave up six today. Bad day. So there's only two teams that have given up fewer sacks than the Chiefs, the 49ers, and the Cowboys, and the Cowboys are playing right now. That's pretty good at the end of the day. Running the football again, they're starting to run it better. 123 yards, 140 last. The Raiders was the anomaly, and then 113 rushing yards in week one. So three of the four weeks, they've ran for over 100 yards. Stop of the run, that's the biggest concern at this point. It might even be a bigger concern than the secondary. And, again, I know that everybody's excited about Mo Claiborne. Hey, 
anything's better than what we have. But again, I think we get really get excited about week six or seven. And right. the, the closer we get to the trade deadline, there could be two new starting corners with this team. Mo Claiborne. I think there'll be and at a, least a player one, to be named later. I think there'll be one addition for sure at the deadline. I don't know who is it gonna be. I don't know what, what team is willing to sell. I don't know what Brett Beach is willing to part with. But I just think a cornerback gets added here. I, I, to me, I, I think that's what you need. And last year, they were going to deal for Earl Thomas. Yeah. The safety. They were going to make a deal for that moving forward. They realized that was the hole with the team, a deficiency, and they were going to make that move until Earl got hurt. I, I know. So they were willing to do it. Brett Veach is willing to move. Landon Collins was another one that he was reportedly interested in. Uh, when we come back, you'll get to hear from Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes, and we'll wrap this thing up with the final verdict. Stay right here. The Arrowhead Ride Post Game Show, presented by 7th Street Casino. Back to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, brought to you by 7th Street Casino. Here's Pete Sweeney and Jay Binkley. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride post-game show. Pete Sweeney hanging out with my pal, Jay Binkley, Nick Price behind the glass. Uh, always a pleasure, Nick. Uh, Chiefs winning 34-30, to improved to 4-0 for the third time in three seasons. Uh, winning. We're just getting used to winning here in Kansas City now. Hot starts, that's for sure. And the beauty of it is, I mean, you think about last year, going coast to coast to start off and winning. Chargers, Steelers. Chiefs played three road games. Already, you know, they're not winning these in the friendly confines of Arrowhead Stadium. I mean, this is bliss. Going on the road, winning these games. What makes you, what would make you happier, Bink? I mean, honestly, like this is it for you. I mean, the Chiefs are 4 0, they're rolling. But in the tough game today, they still won. And the Colts are coming in without Andrew Luck, Jake Brisket. Yeah. (laughs) Jacoby Brissett. Uh, So you get, you get Brissett, then Deshaun Watson. Patrick Mahomes today, uh, we said it before, 24 of 42 for 315. Uh, Mahomes, six carries on the ground, 54 yards, including that brilliant scramble fourth and eight. Uh, and a game-winning drive. And a game-winning drive uh, for the for the man. Uh, this was Patrick Mahomes after the game. So I go down this way, you're there, week one, just how much are Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've been working on it with the the uh, the training in the training room and doing those different things. I mean, it's still not where I want it to be. It's not like it was before the injury, but uh, I'm still able to run and move around enough. And so, uh, with what they were doing, I knew there was lanes for me to run, and so I just I just saw the lane and just took it. Yeah, I mean, it shows how you fight through adversity. I mean, it wasn't just the offense. It wasn't just defense. It wasn't just special teams. It was as a, as a whole, we just found ways to pick each other up whenever the other was struggling. And so, I mean, in, the, in this league, it's not always going to be pretty. It's not always going to be 50 points and three touchdown wins. You're going to have to find a way to win these games against great teams. And so, for us, we know that this win, uh, not playing our best football and finding a way to win is going to help us uh, tremendously as we get to the end of the season. Going back to training camp, you guys work on this situation 
things. We got to go down and get the touchdowns. What was your message in the hallway before that drive to your teammates to, before you guys got going? I think the whole message that I had the whole second half to the, my teammates and in the huddle was just be be who we are. Uh, I mean, it's not about someone having to do something spectacular. It's not about someone having to do and be more than what the, than themselves. It's about believing in each other and just being who we are and then letting their, everything kind of fall in line whenever you follow those footsteps. Patrick, of course, you watched film on this defense, but were they doing anything differently than what you saw on film as far as downfield doubling your receivers? No, we knew they were going to they were going to double Kels a lot. Uh, we knew that they were going to play some man coverage, and I mean they just did a good job of it. I felt like we moved the ball well, uh, uh, kind of down the field between the twenty. And we just couldn't execute in the red zone. And then at the same time, the turnovers, I mean, they, they, kill, they kill drives. And so for us, it's going to be about going back now and finding a way to execute better in the red zone and then finding a way to, to secure the ball and not give the ball back to the other team. Yeah, this was the first game for you about a bunch of touchdowns in a while, which I know you don't care about. Mm -hmm. But uh, you still feel like you had the same impact on today's game that you had, all, let's say, the first three games this year? Yeah, I mean, just finding whatever way is to win the football game. I mean, that, that, that's how you roll in this league. It's not always the, the touchdowns and, and the yards. It's about just finding a way to win. And if that was running for the first down, if that was handing the ball off and letting my running backs work for me, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to do that. I mean, uh, if you want to be great as a team and as, as a player, it's, it's how, how you win the game. And so for me, I'm just going to go out there every single week and do whatever it takes to, to win. Couple more guys. Kind of that lateral. It was none of it. I mean, it was uh, it, it was another play where I was just trying to scramble and extend the play, and the guys were working for me. And I, I actually saw LaShawn first, but then I saw Kelsey further down the field, and I, I threw it to him, and I just saw that look in his eye, and I knew something was going to happen. So, I, I, but, uh, but that's such an amazing play, but I got to think that in that moment. And, and it's a selfless play because, I mean, that's giving all of his yards to LaShawn on, on that play. So it just shows in the same sense as he, he just wants to win in whatever way possible. Yeah, I mean it was it was loud for sure. I mean those guys they were rowdy, especially on that last drive and and uh, a few of the drives before that. And uh, we, we had to find ways to execute it. I mean, it helps out that we play in a division with a lot of teams like Denver and Oakland, and, and we played Seattle last year and where, where it's loud. And so we've been experienced with that. And going back to that and knowing that and just being able to use the silent cadence and use their nonverbal communication and the stuff that we work on all throughout the offseason. That, that line of defense, Ben, don't break. Anything about the defense surprised you and you today? Yeah, I mean, they just executed at a high level. They found ways to get the ball out of our hands, to get fumbles, uh, and then they found ways to take away some of the stuff that we like to do. And I felt like there were still plays to be had that we didn't execute on. Uh, but, uh, I mean, that's a good football team, and, and they hadn't lost a game for a reason. There, uh, Patrick, I remember you saying back at training camp that with all the rotations of guys that were playing with one, you said, never use the opportunity, just, just make a play. Mm -hmm. So on the final drive, I mean, Kelsey, Marcus Robinson, they're a whole use by Pringle. What's it like for you to watch everybody have success when their opportunity presented themselves in that last drive? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I was preaching that the whole second half. It's not about trying to do something spectacular. It's about being who you are. And and that, that's what I was telling the guys the whole time is I'm going to go to whoever's open. I don't care who it is. If it's if it's Ted over here open, I'm going to throw him the ball. And so <laughs> it's a... Uh, it's uh, it's it's about them just playing hard and, and finding a way to, to do whatever they can to make a positive impact on the game.
Because, I mean, no matter how frustrating it, it, it was, I mean, we still had a chance to win the game in the end. And so, uh, I mean, if you're ever in the, at the end of the game and you have a chance to win, you have to have that mentality and that confidence that you're going to go out there and do that. I know there's been so much made of the offense and the numbers that you guys have put up, but the defense, what they were able to do today, not, not plays that they would want back, but their response after some of the short fields with the fumbles, just how big was that and how much confidence does it give you guys to see the defense when they get their opportunities? Yeah, I mean, the whole the whole game was a whole team effort. I mean, that was the biggest thing. I mean, we were putting them in some bad situations as far as fumbles and, and giving them these short fields, and they were finding ways. They got a, t they got a touchdown to put up. They got on the board. Uh, they they found ways to get goal line stands and hold, hold them to field goals or whatever it was. And obviously, I mean, they, they want to hold them to less points, but they they found a way in the critical situations to do whatever it took to, to win the football game. Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes after the Chiefs 34 to 30 win that sound courtesy of Spectrum Sports just the right attitude I mean we live in a fantasy world now nowadays but he doesn't care get that W and the Chiefs did just that for now he had a moment that I think will make it uh you, you'll see it a lot in memes or gifs or gifs what do you call it gif or gif which, 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 which the correct way to call it is Jif. Okay, Jif. Like peanut butter. A lot of people. Of him me, rolling out. For a, second. a lot of people tell you GIF. GIF. Don't listen. GIF. GIF. Him looking back at the official Walt Anderson about the flag. Oh, yeah. Because he thought there was a flag. Looks he, like a meme. Yeah, it is. He, I mean, he stopped, looked like, what the hell are you doing? Where's the flag? And, uh, you know, he stopped and paused and looked. And I mean, every week he does something like that. Last week he was hiding the football down by his leg. This week he was looking to Fisher like, where's the damn flag? And and those are the type of plays, too, I think sometimes that you have to wait for the all-22, and then you see some of those things. Like We waited for that, and, and yeah, hiding, hiding the ball behind his legs. Today it was the game-winning drive, and again, no touchdowns on the score sheet, but you know, 360, 370 yards of production, and, and again, just the onions go down there knowing you have to get down the field bringing the Chiefs to the goal line, handing it off to Williams and getting that victory. A, a well-done job by the Chiefs quarterback. 14 straight games, with multiple touchdowns. Didn't have one today, but again, his number wasn't called near the goal line. Would somebody else get some of the glory getting the touchdowns? He could have had, and not only that, the Watkins play, I mean, it was perfectly passed to him in the end zone that was batted out of Detroit. Again, Detroit was great, and we, we did have interference on that play anyway, so it wouldn't have mattered, but Detroit was simply great. I mean, I was impressed by the way they were – Swatting the ball. You know what? This was good for the Chiefs. This was good for the Chiefs in ball security, having a team that tries to rip the ball out of your hand. You can simulate the stuff in practice. You can run through the dummies in St. Joe with the little arms out there and see if you can hold the football. It was good to play a team that wanted that football from you every second. I mean, that was – they're going to win some games because they're going to create some turnovers at some opportune times. And, you know, I, I'd like to see that more from the Chiefs. I feel Tyron Matthews, kind of that guy. I think Thornhill uh, can be that guy. But that stuff changes the complexion of the game. That's what made Detroit still stay in this game. Yeah, and I, I think the book is kind of out on, on how to beat the Chiefs, right? It's, it's being able to run the football, getting out to an early lead, forcing turnovers like that, force the Chiefs to make mistakes, make them uncomfortable, try to pressure Pat, get Pat off his game. There's a lot of things now that you can learn from this Lions tape of how to, I mean, it's easier said than done, of course. I think, I actually think in this game, and I don't want to get too much into the Lions, 
But what it, it showed me is the Lions might be a playoff team this year. I, 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 I would almost bet on them at least being in the mix late in the season. This looks like a complete team, and it looks like Matt Patricia finally has something. In a league that everybody gets the same amount of money to spend, you can't suck forever. Right. And def- Cleveland and Detroit have, and Cincinnati have basically showed that you, maybe you can. But you shouldn't. Agreed. Time for the final verdict. Final verdict brought to you by Scruggs Law Firm. You deserve more than a lawyer. The final verdict, Scruggs Law Firm. You deserve more than a lawyer. Bink, take this Sunday, put it in that that dome of yours, that ball dome, and tell me what you learned. What I learned is the Chiefs were challenged by a team that maybe they thought wasn't going to be challenged. I mean, everybody, even including me, you, Kit Swanson, we talked about it before the game. All of us had outlandish predictions about how the Chiefs were just going to walk into Detroit, put the Chief Ellen out there, and win the game. But the great Diddy Matthews told the drive one day, expect the unexpected. When you're seeing a matchup of two great pitchers, it's going to be a high-scoring game. Detroit, they came out there and they showed some coming. Matt Patricia showed that some of that Bill Belichick rubbed off on him as far as the scheme on how to play the Chiefs. They were able to stay in this game because they were able to run the football. Pat Mahomes... Is the is the is the magic elixir for helping the run defense? Because he puts you up so many points usually, but three straight weeks the Chiefs have spotted, gave the Raiders ten, gave the Ravens six, gave the Lions ten, have spotted points, but still found a way to come back, and they've won three of these four games on the road. But Pat Mahomes is going to be a topic, and I guarantee you on first take, undisputed, you name it, they're gonna, they're going to talk Mahomes this week. NFL Network, you name it. Did he regress this week? Did he come back to normal? And we can say, hey, 370 yards of total offense. He led a game-winning drive. Get off his back. Get off his back. We finally have what we want. Let's enjoy it. And just remember, great teams do collapse. Ask the Rams what the hell happened today at home against the Buccaneers. Things happen in this league. It's called Any Given Sunday. Great Al Pacino movie, by the way. But but it means something any given Sunday. Chiefs should have lost today. They didn't. That's the key. Yeah, my final verdict, I just think it was a meaningful day in in, in Kansas City sports. And what I mean by that is the last time the Chiefs beat the Lions, 45-10 in London, the same night the Royals ended up winning the World Series. And here you are today on Ned Yost's final day, the the Royals getting the walk-off win. Um, And the Chiefs beat a Lions team, and it was a very different game. But it was a game in which... I think the Kansas City Chiefs played poorly and still found a way to win. And, I mean, that is one of the the signs of a really, really great football team. So as you close the chapter on the Royals championship era, and you heard Ned say it after the game, might be three years till they compete. I happen to think it'll be a little sooner. We're not talking baseball here. But you open another, I think, to having a really, really good football team in Kansas City. And because of the way football works as opposed to baseball – Everyone has the same amount of money to spend, and this Chiefs team is going to be really good for a really long time, and you saw that in the game today. Off subject, congrats, Ned Yost, on a great career. Congrats, Cody Tapp, on a great season with the Kansas City Royals. Enjoy your break. You did a great job this year. Cody Tapp's the man. Uh, it's tough to cover a season like that, and, and anytime you tuned in, I, I'm a big fan of listening on, uh, to baseball in the car. Uh, Cody was right on top of it. You know, there's passionate baseball fans out there. It's a tough season to follow, and he did an outstanding job. Uh, but now it's officially football season in Kansas City. No mistake about it. And guess what? 
you can turn that switch to the Kansas City Chiefs. They're four and Enjoy the ride. The uh, opening spread. I, I, I get these spread emails sometimes. Is, is ten points for Indianapolis? Uh, so Chiefs will be ten point favorites. Beat by the Raiders today. Indy so much better at home than on the road. That was kind of surprising. At home, good offensive line. You know, Frank Clark and the crew gonna have to step it up. I do feel that that line is good. No T.Y. Hilton today. Sunday night football coming up. It is Sunday Night Football Pete next week. Originally, this was supposed to be Mahomes versus Luck, and it'll be Mahomes. Oh, I know. You look at great Brisket. quarterbacks at the beginning of the year. Scratch this one. That's it, right? Chiefs coming away with the victory. 4-0, 34-30 final uh, in Detroit. That man's Jay Binkley. Uh, Nick Price doing a great job uh, behind the glass. Thank you to all the callers. Uh, Ken Swanson for earlier. I think... Ned Yost, right? It's Ned Yost Day, but the Chiefs get the victory. Any any final words, Pink? Final words would be congrats, Ned Yost. Congrats, Andy Reid, who's gone 5-0, and at least in his previous two. He's almost there. At 4-0, go ahead and put him at 5-0 because they will beat the Colts next Sunday night. Patrick Mahomes on a day the Chiefs shouldn't have won, found a way to get it done in Detroit. They improved to 4-0. We'll be back next week for Sunday Night Football, the Arrowhead Pride tailgate and the Arrowhead Pride postgame show. Uh, thank you to the callers, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Nick Price, Jay Binkley. My name is Pete Sweeney. You're 4-0 Chiefs. Good night. <laughs>